following message is from Christian Life Austin. For more information about Christian Life, visit clcaustin.com. Thank you for listening. What an honor it is to see you in church. Anybody feel good today? Man, it feels good. I don't know about you, but there's no place I would rather be than in the house of the Lord on a Sunday morning. It just, you know what, you can come in tired and you can walk out of here energized. It's amazing how being in the presence of God changes things in your world. And I said it in first service, if you've come to church today looking for a country club, you're in the wrong place. Because we've come today to lift up the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We've come today to encounter the presence of God. We don't want to stay the same way that we are. We want to move to where God wants us to be. And so that is our goal, is continually moving in the direction and chasing after God with everything that we have. And so uh, our goal today, we're going to dive right into the Word of God this morning. And before we do, I, I have to warn you, because I know you, because you're somewhat like me. The, the scripture that I'm going to read, here, here's what I need you to do before we even read it. I need you to hear it like it's the very first time you've ever heard it. So if you're on Facebook or Instagram right now, put it away. I need you to lean in because if you're anything like me, if there's something you've heard before, you oh, I can I confess for the person. No, 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 it's for you. It's not the person next to you. This is for you. Lean in and take this in for just a second. (laughs) Yes, you, sir, and you, ma'am. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son don't tune it out. I know you've heard it. Don't, don't, don't let this become something that I've heard, and so I'm just going to sit it on the shelf. That whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Amen. For God so loved the world. He so loved the world. And I think, I think for most of us, We grew up with this idea and believing this notion and really believing that God does love the world. Like, yeah, we wouldn't argue that. Most people that have any type of of religious background would say, yeah, 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 God loves the world, but here's our problem. I'm not sure he loves me. I know he loves my neighbor. I can see all the blessings they got. But I still got bills. I got crazy kids. I got situations. Do you love me, God? And so we do, we have this idea that this sure God loves the world, but it's sometimes it's more difficult to believe when we personalize it because we walk through situations in life and we wonder, does, does, does he really love me? Like me, me, like how could, how could a God like that, here's, here's why you think that, right? It's because you know how you think. You know the thoughts that ran through your mind yesterday. You know the actions that you took. You know the words that left your mouth when you were angry and you just let them have it. 
right? You, you know what you did on a Friday night or on a Saturday night, you, and you wonder how could a God that great love somebody like me? All the people that I've hurt, all the wrongs that I've, how could a God like that love somebody like me? And so if you've ever wondered about God's love, if you've ever questioned God's love, Maybe you're in a season right now where you feel far from God. We're going we're gonna to do our best today to walk through the love of God. So I want you to do me a favor. It's not going to make sense now. But I want you to per- turn to the person next to you and tell them this. It's still here. It's still here. Say it a little bit. Yeah, that was kind of a whisper. Say, it's still here. It's still here. Ow, that kind of hurt. It's still here. So if, you, if you've ever been in a moment or a season of life where you're not sure about God's love, my, my guess is it's because you're, you're thinking about a wrong type of love. There's several different types of love, and, and we've preached about them here. And I want to talk to you specifically uh, this morning about two of them. And the first one is this. If you're jotting notes down, you might want might to write this one down. But there's a, a type of love that loves because the object is valuable, right? We, we, all, we know this one really well. We're really good in this day and age of this kind of love. Some, you, you love it because it's valuable, because you worked for it, because you earned it. Oh, I love my new countertops. Amen. Woo! You got to put it on the gram so everybody else can love your countertops too. Because did you really get new countertops if you don't have 700 comments? Just kidding. That, that was a shot. That's too far. I'm sorry. Oh, man, I love my new car. Y'all see my new car? Ooh, I love it. My motorcycle. Oh, yeah. Motorcycle. Hope it came with a helmet. What about that new purse, ladies? Some of y'all walked in church today. I watched y'all just mm, check it out. Those new J's that you got that you paid way too much for because tennis shoes are so overpriced right now. But you love them because you saved for them. There's value in them. You worked for it. You earned it. They're valuable. Here's the problem with this, and my question would be this, is what if you've never felt valuable? As a person, right, what if you've never felt worthy? What if you felt like you've never measured up to your own expectations, much less God's expectations for your life? And if that's you, if you've ever, if you've ever felt that way, I want to introduce you to a second type of love, then we're going to spend a little bit more time on this one today. But it's a love that loves, and here's the difference, it it gives value to the object. Now, this is really, really important, and you're going to have to understand, it's a love that loves not because the object is valued. No, it is a love that gives value to the object. 
And this is, this is so important. And let me try to illustrate it this way. Growing up, now, if you're, if you're a more seasoned elder statesman, elder stateswoman in the room, if you're older, I don't know, let me just say it that way. <laughs> then you're going to have to go back several years with me. But I think you would fall in this category too. If you're in your 30s, you're going to have to go back several years with me here. But I want, this is full class participation right now, okay? Go back to your childhood. And I want you to, th- some of y'all are like, my childhood? That's a long time ago. And I want you to think about the thing as a little kid that you would never leave the house with. The, that thing that you slept with every night. That cuddle toy, you know what I'm talking about. Maybe, maybe it's a teddy bear. Maybe it's a, a bunny rabbit. Maybe it's a monkey, maybe it's a puppy dog. Mine was a puppy dog. Oh, I know. <laughs> How many of you have ever had your favorite little cuddle animal toy? Oh, come on. You, we're going to pray for all of you others that aren't raising your hand. No, I can't raise my hand right now. No, make me look. I'm, I'm a man. No, you had a cuddle toy too. We know you. And here's what I know about some of you too is you named your cuddle toy. Ooh. Y'all had these pet names. It was that, it, it may not have been like a great name, but it's the thing that your mama called out. Hey, don't you forget or put... Put fill in the blank. Rabbit back. You go, okay. The cuddle toy. Here's what I know about your little animal. Is that it probably wasn't perfect. I'm taking, I'm just taking a shot in the dark here. Chances are it was very flawed. I'm guessing, I'm guessing that, that some of you right now, if you were to, to pull it out of an old drawer or a box in the attic, that there might be a hole in the ear where it's still barely attached. For some of you, y'all, y'all can, it can take you back. For some of you, your cuddle toy was so stanky, it was, oh, drool just, uh, when you slept at night, your mama had to wash it every week because that thing was gross. You know what I'm talking about, but it wasn't. Come on, someone's like, yeah, I know. I never even washed my ever in 30 years. <laughs> Y'all, we can have fun in church. It's okay. But here, here's the beauty of it. Here's what I love about you. Is that even though your toy or your animal or that, that comfort thing wasn't perfect, what did you do? You loved it. And you wouldn't let it leave your side. Your brother or sister tried to take it from you. Yeah, get away. You know. You will body slam a sibling over your cuddle toy. I know. I Trust me, do I know. And I, I know because I got children. And I want to introduce to you. This is... Listen, we got really creative with names. Our kids are so creative. I love the creativity that our kids have. This is Teddy. <laughs> Hi, Teddy. This was Windsor's little toy when he was a young kid. 
And he still loves the toy, to be honest. And now he's 11, but it's, I just wanted you to see Teddy. Teddy, small Teddy, little Teddy. But he's loved. And then let me, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me see, oh, which one? I'm colorblind, so this makes it hard. Okay, here we go. This, y'all, I'm telling you, my kids are gonna go so far in the creative realm of life. This, this is White Bunny. Y'all, if we ever have a dog, we're going to probably name it Dog. That's, that's how, that's as good as it's going to get. But this is, this is Caroline's. We're going to put you right there, White Bunny. Love you, dude. We've, we've had some major battles over you. This, I know they look, they look the same, but we couldn't get the same one because then they would fight to the death to figure out whose is whose. This is, are you ready? Gray Bunny. <laughs> And this, this is Ellery's. And my kids absolutely love their cuddle toys. Just like I'm sure many of you absolutely love your cuddle toy. But, but here's, here's what I know, because I've been there from the beginning until where we are now, is that when we started on the journey, these cuddle toys, these animals, look totally different than the way that they look now. Because when they started, the fur on this bad boy did not look like this. It was fluffy, and I mean, it looks so cute. Now it looks like a matted mess. I can't even begin. Like, you, you, this is just... I'm just kidding. It smells good. You know why? Because I Lysoled all three of them this morning. We have to wash them so much because... You know, just uh, drool is getting all over. I'm, they're, they're right here every night when my girls jump out. There could be, this is not even a, a thing, but if there was a million-dollar bill sitting on their nightstand, my girls would jump out of their bed and say, oh, see you later, I got my bunny. They're, that's what they want. This is what they need. They keep it close. And here's the, here's the crazy thing. This has almost no monetary value. This is not an antique, priceless work of art. It's not. This is just a gray bunny. But you know why Ellery loves this so much? Because it's her bunny. Not because of the value, not because it's worth a million dollars, not because you look at it and say, oh, that bunny that bunny's awesome no she don't care what you think about her bunny no 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 she doesn't she doesn't care that you can't even see the eyes because the fur is so matted over the eyes she doesn't care that the that the fur doesn't look the same as it was as it did when she started out with the, she doesn't care because it's it's her bunny And I want somebody in the room today to know a very important truth. That whether you feel valuable in this moment or not, it doesn't matter what a coach said about you. 
It doesn't matter what a parent declared over your life from a young age that you're having, having so much trouble letting go of as a grown adult. Somebody in the room needs to hear me today. You are loved. Listen, listen, listen. You are loved because you are his. You're, you're not loved because you're talented. You're not loved because you're smart. You're not loved because you're good looking. The reason that you are loved is because you are a child of the king. And there is nothing that you can do that will separate you from his love. I know you're flawed. I know you've been battered. I know there's been situations in life that you're going through right now and it feels like your leg is barely attached to your body because of the fight and the struggle that you've been in. And can I tell you today, if you've been in the greatest struggle of your life, you are loved just as much today as you were 25 years ago. You can do nothing to escape the love of God. He loves you in spite of your flaws. And I would even venture to say that my kids love these these toys more now than they did the day they started. With all the flaws, with all the issues, with all the stankiness. My kids love them. Can I tell you? This is embarrassing. One of these toys got left in a hotel room out of state. We paid $80 to have them overnight it to my house. You know why? Because it was loved by one of my kids because it was theirs and we would do anything. It's not because of the value. We paid more to have it shipped than it was even. We quadrupled more. valuable because they're mine my bear my bunny I know it's a ragdoll but he's my ragdoll and you got to understand this on a Sunday morning that this is exactly how God loves you you and I are ragdolls of sorts you're broken You've been wounded by situations in life and there's no, you, you have to understand that there's nothing that's hidden from God. He sees every scar on the outside and he knows every secret on the inside and yet he loves you with a love that you can't begin to comprehend when you step back and wonder how can a God like that love somebody like me and the answer is so simple, it's because you are his. Somebody's going to walk out out of here today with the assurance that you are loved like you've never felt loved before. You're going to walk out of here today with a confidence knowing that your God loves you. You're going to walk out of here today believing not just here, but knowing here with everything that you have that there is a God who can't stop thinking about you, who can't get his mind off of you. God loves you with an unconditional, immeasurable love. Here's what I need you to do. Look to the person next to you and tell them this. Tell them, it's still here. It's still here. It's still here. here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So how do we know that God loves us so much? Romans chapter five, God demonstrates his, he displays his own love for us that while we were still ragdolls, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still messed up in a mess that we created by ourselves or somebody else created for us, we are, are loved. Christ died for us in the middle of all of that. So the kind of love that you are loved with today is not a love that's worthy because of the object is worthy. It's the kind of love that gives worth to the object. Here's, here's what you have to understand today. God's love is what makes you worthy. That's it. So for those of you that are in the room today that feel less than, that, that don't feel adequate, that don't feel like, yeah, God loves, he loves the world, but I'm not sure he loves me. No, 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 it's his love that makes you worthy. And that is a beautiful and a powerful thing. It's it's how good he is. It's how powerful he is. It's his, it's his grace and his goodness. And it's not, here's, the, here's what you have to understand. It's not just an action. It's who he is. It's at the very fiber of his being. It's not just something he does, but it's something that he literally is. 1 John 4 says this. That God is love. God is love. It's not just what he does. It's who he is. Watch this. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. And this is so powerful, but it's even more powerful when you understand who penned these words. It's found in 1 John, so you might guess that it's John that wrote this book, and you would be correct, but this is not John the Baptist. He was, he was gone at this point, but this would be John who had a brother by the name of James. They were disciples, and they were not what you would call disciple material. These guys didn't graduate top of their class they weren't best of behavior lists. They, they were brash. They were harsh. They were rough. They were loud. They would be what you would call fishermen with a reputation, okay? They were just burly men that just did live. Ah. I don't know. I just threw that part in there. And together they had one of the most incredible nicknames ever. Are you ready? They were called the Sons of Thunder. Oh, isn't that amazing? Like if I had a brother, I would want to be known in high school, we are the sons of thunder. Ah! Like I don't even know. The sons of thunder. That is so awesome. From, from henceforth, I shall be known as the son of thunder. <laughs> we don't know exactly how they got this nickname, but maybe we get a little peek into this. Uh, Jesus was coming into town and 
As you can imagine, in some places, he wouldn't have received such a warm welcome. In fact, people were frustrated and angry and confused by what was going on, some of the crowds of what he was trying to do. And so uh, he was not met with a warm reception. And, and maybe this is a little insight as, as to how they got their name because the Bible says in Luke chapter 9 that when the disciples, James and John, who were the sons of thunder, when they saw this reception that Jesus was getting, they said, Lord, do you want us to call fire down from heaven and destroy them? <laughs> sons of thunder. This was, this was that guy his whole life, right? He didn't start fights, he ended fights. He looked for situations this was, the, this was the parent that gets kicked out of a little league ball game. No joke, saw it happen last night in 11-year-old baseball. And it wasn't me, for those of you that were wondering, not me. Just, where's it at? I'm looking, I'm looking to be offended. I'm looking for somebody to just say one thing to me and I'm, ooh, I'm a body slam somebody. I wouldn't even know how to body slam somebody. But what's, what's crazy about this story is that, that John began to spend time with Jesus. And he started being around Jesus every moment of every day. And, and even though John didn't do anything to earn the love of Jesus, and even though there was nothing that, that he could do to ever deserve the love of Jesus, Jesus simply loved John. He loved John. And we don't know when it happened, where there's not a specific boom, here it is. My guess is that it took, it took some time, but little by little, John's identity, the way that he saw himself, began to change. How do we know this? Because three times, John refers to himself as the one that Jesus loved. The one that Jesus loved. No longer identifying as a son of thunder. No longer identifying as John the hothead or, or John the mess up or John the loudmouth or John the destroyer. John the one that's about to wreck shop. John the one that's about to go off whenever he's frustrated. John the one with the temper. No, 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 he's now... I'm the one that Jesus, well, I am the one. And I've come on this Sunday morning to tell somebody in the room today who has identified with things in your past for so long that you've done things that you've begun to say, that's who I am and that's who I was and that's, that's the person I am and you have fought so long and so hard to get away from it. Can I tell you what happens when you begin to spend time with Jesus? And it starts in a moment like this where you come to church. I've just come to let somebody in the room today know that you are the one. You are the one that Jesus loves. In spite of what they said, in spite of what he or she said, you are the one. You are the one that he leaves the 99 for and comes chasing after you. You are the one. And, 
Here, here's the key though. I, I've got to move you past head knowledge. It's got to be more than just reciting it right here. And it's got to be, you have it. It's right here. You know it in your heart that you are loved, that you are cared for, that you are a child of the king. And in fact, in this moment right now, he is actively loving you. What you're feeling right now, some of you in the room today, you are experiencing the tangible love of God. It's not just an emotion that you're feeling. It's not something that's brought up from your past that's making you feel. No, no, no. What you're feeling right now in this moment, the reason you can't escape from it in your mind is because you are experiencing the love of God in a way that nobody else can love you. Turn to the person next to you and tell them this. Tell them it's still here. It's still here. The amazing thing about our God is that he didn't just shout it from heaven, but he showed it here on earth. Mary gave birth to a son and called him Jesus. Why? Because he will save his people from their sins. And what does it mean to sin? And I know sin is not a popular word in culture today, but if, if the church doesn't talk about sin, then we are doing the people of God a disservice. There is, a, there is right and there is wrong. What does it mean, though? What does it mean? It, see, it, it simply means that you've missed the mark, that you've fallen short of God's standard, and every single one of us in the room have done it. And this is the very reason why some of you right now don't feel worthy. Because you've sinned against God. And you feel unworthy of his love. I gotta tell you today that this is, this is not a love that loves you because you are so valuable. This is a love says, if you will allow me to love you, I will add so much value to you. If you, will, if you will allow me to wrap my arms around you in this moment and be vulnerable around people that you don't know and you're like, I don't even know why I feel this right now. It's because the, the love of God is in the room. But if you will allow me to love you like you've wished they would love you. I can love you so much greater and so much deeper than any person could ever love you if you will give me the opportunity. And I will add so much value to you. I want to end our time together today with this story. Look at the person next to you and tell them it's still here. It's still here. What is still here? In 1997... We built a worship center really right here. I mean, we're still in a, a remodeled the worship center that we built in 1997. We had a small A-frame building. I was just a teenager running around the halls of the church at this point. Nothing to do with the building project, but I remember like it was yesterday. And Pastor and the board, Pastor Johnson and the board felt the call and the need to expand, and so attached to a little shotgun style church that no longer exists we built a worship center which the shell of it still stands today but at the beginning of construction we had church members at that time just a few hundred not not a ton of people but people that love god man we asked people to come in and we want you to 
handed out Sharpies and marks a lot, if those things still exist, I don't know. He said, hey, find a doorpost, find a wall. Before we put paint on the walls and all, just find the sheetrock, whatever. Get on the bare concrete on the floors, and we want you to, we want you to just fill this place with your favorite scripture. And so they did. All over the doorposts, all over the frames, all over the concrete floor, all, all over the church, the frames of that church was, was covered in scripture and in the word of God. So when we begin construction, which is now the, the worship center that we're in, we totally remodeled that building that we built in 97. We gutted it, for those of you that are unaware of the story, and, and we ended up adding 65 feet onto the front. So really from kind of this, this section over is just a remodeled shell of what we used to have uh, starting in 97. But as we, as we started construction... I want to show you, I want to show you a picture real quick of what I saw on the foundation. Can you see it? Can you see it? God is love. God is some 25 years ago. Well, you know what? Some of you are wondering where it is. It's right here. It's right here. Some of you, some of you came down for prayer today and you didn't even know it, but you walked right on top of God is love to get down to your prayer partner today. It's right here, God is love right there. Come look at it if you don't believe me after church. Some 25 years ago, somebody, before some of you were even born, before most of you were even members of this church, somebody wanted you and I to know that love is not just what he does, but love is who he is. God is, God is love. Let me show you what the love of God withstood. Will you, will you go on a journey with me quickly? So shortly after this was written on the foundation, what do we have to do? We had to carpet the building. So in order to carpet the building, what do you have to do first? You have to put glue down. So we put Carpet glue is sticky, y'all. It is a mess. Put glue down on top of the love of God. And then, you can't just leave the glue there. You have to put the carpet on top. So we put the carpet on top of the glue that was on top of the love of God. So at this point, we've, we've piled some stuff on to the love of God to the point where you couldn't physically see it with your eyes anymore. And over the years... Over the last 25 years, the love of God has endured stains and spills and water leaks. It endured bolts being placed through the concrete to hold the pews that we used to have back in the day. And it's still here. It's... It's still here. Sometime later, we got the bright idea that the original carpet of the building had become ugly, which it had, fair assumption. But it had become frayed and tattered, and so we ripped the carpet up, 
And what do you have to do? You have to get the glue off now. So you got to grind the glue off of the floor only to put more glue back down on top and put a different color, more fashionable carpet down. Over, over the years, on this spot, thousands and thousands of feet have crossed over it with people from all walks of life, hurting people, broken people, people that that have walked over the love of God needing a physical miracle, a financial miracle, needing God to do something that doctors would say is impossible relationships that nobody thought could be restored couples would flood the altar and they would walk over the love of God year after year week after week Sunday after Sunday Wednesday after Wednesday and you guessed it it's still here it's still It's still here. It's right there. I see it with my own eyes right now. But even more than that, I feel it at my core. Still here, and the story doesn't stop there because several years ago, we felt the call to totally remodel that old worship center that now is the building that we worship in today. We completely gutted the entire building, only leaving the shell And adding on, as I said, and you guessed it, through all of that, it's still here. And we had to rip that carpet up. Oh, and we decided we don't want carpet this time. We want polished concrete. Oh, that's cool. But now you have to bring in these special grinders that come in and take literally layers of concrete off. It's a messy process. It's a nasty process. It's a long process. It's a process that will take and peel back the onions of the layer to try to strip off any of the the excess or the dirt or the footprints or any of the stuff that was remaining. And can I tell you today, the love of God is still here. It is still here. And through the years and through the construction and through all the grinding and the wear and tear, God's love is still here. Would you stand with me all across the room? I just want somebody in the room today to know this. So you feel like because of what you've done, the places that you've been, the things that you've said, the things that you've experienced, that you don't feel valuable. You, here, here, here's what it's like. You feel like you've picked at the love of God. You just try to tear it apart. You've, just, you've got your own concrete grinders. Just get Oh, no. All, everything that I've done has removed the love of God from my life. My actions have disqualified me from being loved by God. And I've got to tell you that it doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter how bad it is. The love of God is still here 25 years later.
It's still here. It's, it's here for you. It'll be here for your children. Amen. It'll be here for your grandchildren. Because it's not what he does, it's who he is. And he can't get away from it. He is love and his love is here for you today. So I want to do something in this moment because I know, I know we're humans. And we run the gamut of emotions and the frustrations of life. And there's a lot of us in the room right now. It's not everybody, but it's a specific group of people who feel unworthy of God's love. That does not make you a bad person. That does not make you weird. It does not make you odd. It makes you a human. And here's what I want. And I'm not trying to embarrass anybody. That's not what it is. But I think today calls for a leap of faith. To say I'm ready to be loved like I haven't felt in a long time. I'm ready to be loved in a way that I've never felt. I didn't get it from my parents. I didn't get it from mentors. I've never really felt love. Today is the day that you're going to experience the love of God in a way that's going to blow your mind. If that's you today, I'm going to count to three. And I, I just like the, the cuddle toy. You don't care what anybody thinks about your cuddle. It's yours. I don't want you to care about what anybody around you is thinking. I don't even want you to think about who's sitting next to you. When I count to three, if you want, I want to pray over you. And if that's you, I want you to flood this altar and let's talk to God for a moment. One, two, three. And if you're in the audience today, listen, we need your help. Because here's what I know about you is that you've been here at some point. And if you haven't, maybe you will be. And so I want you to pray just like you leaned in on John 3.16. I want you to give this all that you have. I want you to pray for your brothers and sisters because here's the deal. We're all in this together. We need each other. And right now, there's some amazing people that are down here that say, I just need to experience the love of God one more time. And so if you're in the audience, if you would stretch your hands forward, I want to pray over this amazing group of people. Here's what I feel like is going to happen in this moment. That the love of God is going to saturate you in a way that might make you nervous because you've never felt it before. It's going to overwhelm you to the point where you may start to have some tears and you're like, what's going on? Just allow the love of God to embrace you this morning. And you're going to leave here so confident that you are his child, so confident that you are loved. It's gonna be more than head knowledge, but it's gonna be in your heart. It's gonna be in the core and the fiber of your being. So right now, Lord, I pray for my friends that have made their way down here, God. God, I know, I know we're flawed. I know we have ears that are just barely hanging on because of the storms and the wear and tear of life. I know we've been a lot of places and done a lot of things and sometimes we don't feel worthy of your love, but today I pray and I feel your presence here, but I pray right now that you would wrap your loving arms around these, these amazing people today, that they would feel you in a way that they haven't experienced in a long time or maybe ever before. 
that right now they would know without a shadow of a doubt that they are loved. Even if they have been told that they are are not worthy, that they are unlovable their entire life, right now in this moment, you are breaking chains and you are loving those that thought they were unlovable. (laughs) Come on, receive his love in this moment. Receive his love today. Guess what? It's still here. It hasn't gone anywhere. It's still here for you today. So Lord, I say thank you. Thank you for still being here for us. Thank you for allowing your love to envelop us this morning. Thank you for the confidence that we have knowing that we are loved by you. And there's nothing we can do to earn it or deserve it, but you add value to us because you love us. And that's what makes us worthy today. Be with us. Give us an amazing rest of our spring break and bring us right back in church on Wednesday night. Now listen, before you leave, I got to give you homework. School's almost back in session. Find ways this week to add value to somebody else's life. Because when you start to add value to other people's life, it's amazing how valuable you feel. We love you. God bless you. Thank you for being in church today. Have a great rest of your weekend, and we'll see you in church on Wednesday night.